0: Today we're covering topic number two in The Pursuit, and Tracy, we're calling this one People Matter, because we want to give everyone who's going through this track kind of a big picture understanding of Christianity. Religions a lot of times get a bad name because of the way religious people act. Christianity is no exception. But to really understand the Christian faith, you have to go to the source. You have to read the Bible and see what it says about God and what matters to him.
1: Yeah, maybe some of you listening to this are really investigating and trying to figure out the whole Christianity thing. And you have a couple hangups. And one of those hangups, maybe you have some hypocritical Christians in your life that really deter you from wanting to sign on to that.
0: Or some of you might be longtime Christians going through this track. And maybe you're going to be convicted that you've been one of those Christians in the past. James writes that pure and genuine religion in the sight of God, the Father, means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. So that's a different picture of religion than the one that a lot of people get. So in this lesson, we want to make sure you get what Christianity is really all about from the source himself.
1: Jesus was a revolutionary leader who taught that all people matter to God. He rebuked religious hypocrites and he welcomed those in need.
0: There's this famous story in John chapter 8 where Jesus is speaking to the crowds and it says that the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees, really religious people, brought a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery and they put her in front of the crowd. Now, in the Jewish faith back then, the law said you were supposed to stone someone like that. And so the religious leaders were trying to trap Jesus to get him to either break the law and show compassion on this woman or to uphold the law and then he looks like the bad guy.
1: Jesus was too smart for the Pharisees. He knew exactly what they were trying to do. So here's what Jesus did. He knelt down and he started writing in the dust. Now the text doesn't tell us exactly what he was writing, but then he stands up and he looks at the Pharisees and he says, you're right, the law does say that this woman deserves to be stoned for the sin she's committed. But how about this? How about the Pharisee who's without sin, you be the one to throw the first stone?
0: And one by one, starting with the oldest, the Pharisees and religious leaders walked away. And then in verse 10, it says that Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, where are your accusers? Didn't even one of them condemn you? And she said, no. And so Jesus said this, and pay attention to this. He said, neither do I. Go and sin no more.
1: Yeah, so notice Jesus wasn't just saying, yep, you're, you're off the hook, no big deal, and let her get away with something. What he said is, I'm not going to condemn you and hold that over your head, but I am saying you need to go and live a different life now.
0: And the point is that love is at the core of God's nature. You're going to learn later that Jesus is God himself, and love is really what defines him. True followers of Jesus then reflect the love of God to the world around them. So if you've ever met somebody who doesn't love people, but they seem to love God or they love their church or they love religion... Well, according to the biblical picture of a follower of Jesus, that's really not the kind of Christian Jesus is interested in.
1: Yeah. In fact, you see in John chapter 13, verse 35, it says, your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. That's a pretty convicting verse.
0: The Apostle Paul describes what love is in 1 Corinthians 13. He says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. And Tracy, I think if more Christians embodied this passage, then I think more people would want to become a Christian. And so for those of you who are out there listening to this right now, if the way other quote-unquote Christians have acted has kept you from pursuing God, I, I pray that you would release that and really start pursuing the God of the Bible.
1: So maybe some of you are wondering, maybe I've made too many mistakes. Could God really love me? Am I lovable? And here's the answer. The Bible teaches that God does not play favorites based on race or background. Every human being has value because they're created in the image of God.
0: And that's what we mean when we say that people matter to God. Every single human being matters to God, not because of their performance, not because of something that they can possibly do to earn his approval. Everyone matters to God, no matter who you are, where you're from, because you are created in the image of God. Genesis 1 says that. It says, so God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. So God cares about everyone, and that includes you, no matter who you are. If you're someone who feels like you are too far out of reach, that there's no way God would be interested in someone like you. Well, I hope that you'll realize as you continue on through this track that that's not true.
1: So first, you are God's masterpiece. He created you uniquely and in a special way. And then we also need to remember that everybody else is a unique creation of God's and we need to treat each other with love and respect.
0: So don't write off Christianity before you see what the Bible has to say about it. And The Bible says that people matter. Use those questions below to talk about this concept with your group or your mentor, and then we'll see you next time for topic three.